Are you in need of a pace clock? Looking to finally upgrade those ancient analog clocks? The Swim Nerd Pace Clock is the most innovative digital pace clock. It connects to your Swim Nerd mobile app, allowing you to program any set your heart desires. Except for 100 100s while listening to Nickelback. You can't program that. That that is not allowed. If you haven't seen the Swim Nerd Pace Clock yet, go to swimpractice.com to check it out. All right, Zane Waddle, welcome to the program. How are you, mate? Hey, thank you so much for having me. Well, where are you coming from? Where are you? I'm in Tuscaloosa, Alabama right now. Um, I've been here for majority of the whole coronavirus thing going on. So I've been here. All right. Well, listen, for those people that are, are watching this right now, you can see this is as close as crimson as I can get for you, okay? This is a, this is a red t-shirt, but uh, <laughs> it's the best I could do, okay? Absolutely, yeah. It's the right red. <laughs> now, listen, uh, talk to us about you. Um, interesting uh, career so far. You know, you're, you're South African, ended up at Alabama. Uh, very much like me, Australian, ended up at, in, in, in Auburn, in Alabama. So um, we have similar paths in terms of where we ended up. But, um, you know, you go on to win NCAA titles there, and you, and you just recently won a world title in, in backstroke. So I definitely want to talk to you about those things. But um, do you kind of look back on your career and think to yourself up to this point, like, wow, how did I get here? I do. I really do. When I look back, um, I feel like I was in high school just, just yesterday um, talking to college coaches and uh, talking to Simon, who's my coach from back home, Simon Gray. Um, and we were talking uh, he was like, yeah, if you want to m make a big, you have to go to the U.S. There's absolutely nothing happening in South Africa right now. So um, that's what we did. And I found myself in Alabama. I didn't go on a recruiting visit. I hadn't been to the U.S. before my, my, uh, the, the start of my freshman year. So um, but one thing that really drew, to, uh, drew me to Alabama outside of the other schools, I was being recruited by NC State, a little bit by Arizona. Um, was the fact that Jonti was there. I knew he was South African. So um, to have the South African connection, Chris Reed was also there at the time. Uh, uh, Brett Walsh was here. Mm -hmm. So it was just a good connection to have all the people that I'd already known that had come from South Africa to, to Alabama that attracted me. So what was the deciding factors? If you, if you can't take a visit and you're back home in South Africa, what are some of the factors where you're like, yeah, I feel most comfortable about that place other than just, you know, John T and the people like, what are you taking into consideration? I really went back and I looked at how each school performed in, in the past. And I was, I don't know, maybe I just didn't look deep enough, but I saw Alabama. I saw what John T did there. Um, first man to break 50. Uh, he had that world record and um, that just drew me. It was mainly Jonti because we'd had a couple Skype sessions. I had a couple Skype sessions with Dennis Persley. Um, but the main attraction for me was definitely Jonti. Mm, yeah, makes sense for sure. And from the get-go, they were like, look, if you come and swim in Alabama, you'll be swimming with Jonti full-time? Yeah, um, that was the the kind of precedent they said. Um, I had, I went to youth commies um, in my senior, my 12th grade, I went to commies, uh, youth commies, and uh, I performed really well in the sprint events. And John was like, if you come here, you're going to be with me in the sprint group. Um, so it's, it's everything I wanted. 
I'll just clarify, clarify for those people that don't know what commies is, all right? It's Commonwealth Games. So um, <laughs> we use certain abbreviations that don't always translate well in America. But um, yeah, so you are obviously swimming very well for a high school kid back in South Africa. You caught the attention of some of the big schools in America. How did you actually first um, reach out to them? How did you make first initial contact with these schools? It was through Simon, for sure, because Simon, he swam at the University of Houston back in his day, and he knew a couple of coaches, um, and he trained Rake Nittling also when he was in high school at Gray, uh, and I went to Gray College for high schooling, which is where Rake Nittling went, and he trained with Simon for a little while. Um, so that's how we got started with Arizona. I think my name started bouncing around after that. Uh-huh. Now, were you always a backstroker from the time you were young? No, um, my, my first like blast into the scene, I guess, was at a national age group meet and it was the 50 fly. I think I went, I don't know, 24, four, four, something in the 24s in the 50 fly. And that's, I think when everyone started noticing, um, wow. the training I did was nothing compared that wasn't sprint training. It was hard yardage. We did 5k medley sets, 3100s, all the like longer sets, which I think was good for my aerobic base. Um, but I wasn't, I, I, I did do backstroke, but I think the main focus was flying free at the time. Oh, wow. So when did you actually flip over onto your back? Actually, I think it was maybe end of my sophomore year and in, in Alabama end of sophomore year, because I swam the freestyle on the medley relay my freshman year. Mm. Um, I split 18.2422 on that. Um, and John just like, okay, we have a freestyler, we have a freestyle. And then I don't know, my freestyle kind of plateaued. And that's when John was like, can let's just try a little bit of backstroke. And then it's gradually improved from there. Wow. That's a big change. I mean, I was a backstroker that flipped over onto my front and I was so happy to, to finally be seeing where I was going, but you're, you're the opposite. You flip over on your back. Um, did it feel super awkward at first? It didn't. I was, I remember thinking I'm really happy. I can breathe in a 50 <laughs> that was the main attraction as i could breathe and in the 100 i wasn't starved for oxygen going into the last 15 um so i i opened it with with wide arms but i'm still trying to focus on freestyle i, I would really like to bring my my freestyle back into the fray not yeah. if i just let it go now something that interests me you know um did you play other sports growing up obviously in south africa you know rugby's a big deal and um, you know, swimming is not the, the biggest sport in South Africa. So was, was there other things that you were doing growing up? Yeah, no, I think I played just about every sport. Um, I ran athletics or track as they would call it. Um, I played a little bit of tennis. The big thing was field hockey. I, I was really into field hockey. Mm-hmm. Um, I played all the way through ninth grade. Um, and then I don't know, my back started hurting from being hunched over the hockey stick the whole time. So, <laughs> and I think that was when uh, I played a little bit of rugby, not much, because um, I broke my arm doing that. And then that was the end of that. Uh, Dude, I did too. I broke my wrist playing rugby and I was like, I don't want to do that again. That's not fun. Yeah, no, exact same. Right hand wrist. I've broken my right hand twice, wow. or my right wrist twice. So, yeah. Crazy. Then it was swimming. Yeah. Now, did your parents push you in, in sports? Were they the type that were standing over you or, or you were like, Hey, take me to practice. I want to be a swimmer. Um, no, I mean, there was days that I almost quit swimming in 11th grade to play water polo. I don't know why. I think it was just the team aspect of water polo that attracted me, but my mom and dad, they were 
just pretty chill about it. They were, yeah, this is swimming. Uh, but when we go to the meets, it was very serious. Uh, like I'm here to perform. They, they got that winning mentality into me, I think, which I'm really appreciative for. And then my coach, Simon was all about winning and he's very serious. He tells you, come see me after your race, no matter how the race was type of person. Mm. Um, which was awesome. Yeah. Big influence there. That's awesome. So, well, listen, you, you do end up in the States. You end up in Alabama, just down the road from where I was. Uh, I was the head coach at Auburn when, when you turned up as a freshman. So when did you first uh, figure this whole rivalry out between Auburn and Alabama? What, what was your first impression of that? I think my first impression was um, walking on campus and there was this guy that everyone knows, Robert Howard. Uh, mm-hmm. Most Alabama, He's Mr. Alabama for us here at mm-hmm. the University of Alabama. And, and one of the first things he said is, okay, we're all about Alabama swimming. And obviously we don't like the guys down the street. Um, and it was, I always find it a, fu- a fun rivalry. I never really understood it because I'm not from Alabama and I didn't, I mean, there's rivalries in sport in every sport, but I didn't quite know the extent of this one until the first iron ball, um, seeing all the students there, um, at the football game going crazy, almost getting into fist fights. So if that was my first impression was a bunch of rowdy students. Um, just hollering at each other. And then what about in terms of the swim team? When did it, when did it kind of manifest or how did it manifest for you in terms of knowing that there was pretty strong competition between the two swim teams? It's when I was on a relay with Bob and we never get together. We, we, we do, we go through our warm up routine. Um, we make sure we loose, we're ready. And I knew it was really serious when we were going up. I think it was the four by 100 free or four by 50 free or something. Um, in my freshman year and Robert pulled me aside and says, don't lose this for us. I was like, okay, (laughs) thanks. (laughs) That's what I was like. Okay. I know what's uh, what's at stake. And uh, yeah, I can't remember if we won or lost that one, but that was just kind of the mentality. It's like, don't lose this. No one can lose this for us. We got, we all got to pull our own weight, which was intense. I loved it. I I enjoy the intensity of the rivalry. Um, because I want to win. And I know you guys want to win. Everyone just wants to win. And it creates a nice atmosphere that gets everyone swimming fast. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that's ultimately what it, what it always was for me. You know, I think um, you do look over on the pool deck and you realize that the people that are closest to you are, are pushing you the, the hardest, you know, like you, you don't want to be the, the, the team that's in state that is second to the other team that's in the state, you know? So it's, you always, want to try and get one up but at the end of the day you understand that it's just competition you know and I was uh I was upset as the head coach to look across and see this kid from South Africa super talented that was super competitive and and could swim like that always upsets me I was like oh man they got a good one over there and so um so I, I did enjoy watching you race um but listen you know you you do start to to swim some backstroke and within a couple of years of kind of flipping over onto your back, you, you do end up becoming a world champion in the 50 backstroke um, in what, 24-4 long course? Is that what you swam? Yeah. So, uh, so I'm intrigued by this. Talk me through uh, backstroke. How, how, do you, how do you make improvements in backstroke? What are the things that you did in order to go from someone that never really swam the stroke to a couple of years later being the best in the world at it? Um, what are the things that you and Jonty worked on in terms of your technique to make improvements? 
It was definitely my, it had everything to do with my starts and my underwaters because coming in, I'd never done any short course swimming. Um, and one of the first things Jonty wanted to work on was my underwaters because of the focus of the underwater in short course yards racing, short course meters. And that was the first big improvement we made was all about underwaters, getting off the wall, starts, turns, just really focusing on those for the first couple, I guess for the first two years I was in college, just trying to get those down. And then specifically with backstroke, it was all about stroke rate. My arms were moving too slow. Um, I'm not the tallest guy in relation. I'm about six, four. Um, and having my arms move at a, an incredibly fast speed was something that we really had to work on. We were on the towers. We're doing uh, fast moving stuff uh, with very light weight. So not, min so not much weight on the, on the power tower. Um, and, but the, one of the main things I did work on was with my backstroke catch was not going too deep. Um, I feel a, a lot of swimmers try to dig deep and more power through the stroke. Whereas I was talking to Jonathan one day and he was like, what does Ryan Lochte do on the backstroke? I was like, I don't know. He kind of just puts his arm in and pulls. He's like, no, he's very shallow in the water. He's very close to the surface. And he explained that you only need about 20 pounds of force to propel yourself through the water at, well, I don't know, maximum velocity or at a good velocity or something like that. And that was something I focused on was, and it increased my stroke rate at the same time was pulling my hand closer to the surface and spinning that arm around, which I think that really, really helped me. And ultimately, probably that's what gave me the speed in the 50 back, 100 back to, I don't know, e eventually win the world champs. What are you doing with your body when you're spinning your arms really fast? What are you focused on through your head position and your, in your core and, and maybe even your rotation? It's very important for me to uh, stay still. Jonty has this thing where you have to make yourself a canoe shape. So I'm pitching my shoulders a little bit forwards creating like that boat shape in the water. Um, but I've tried to be, because my arms are moving so fast, I have to keep my upper body really still, um, really flat almost, not much deviation, just reducing drag as much as we can. Mm, nice. I like that. So what, what are some of your favorite backstroke drills for, for that? Uh, it would, it's, it's like this rotation where you set your shoulders in that canoe position and you just take uh, about six kicks each side and just kind of float side to side. I really enjoy that one. And there's a series of balance drills we do with the pool boy. Uh, we'll put it between our legs and we'll rotate 360 degrees, keeping your core tight but flexible, uh, keeping your torso still and just kind of rotating that way, 360, rotating the opposite way, 360, just really focusing on creating that canoe shape and creating a stability within the upper body and it's the same with the legs my legs are just up and down there's no i know there's some swimmers that rotate slightly with their kick um but i like to keep it very flat very smooth um so i'm not creating much turbulence in the water whilst i'm swimming nice now talk me through are you are you focused on a high elbow in your backstroke uh when you're catching the water and then how do you actually pull the water down towards your your thighs yeah so i think I'm, I'm definitely focusing on it more um because i'll every time i was entering it was too close to my head mm. so i was focusing on creating more of the v and i guess it's kind of a high elbow but my hand is still very close to the surface mm. and i'm pulling down and when i push it push the water down towards my thigh i'm kind of flicking my hand upwards mm. and then so that my thumb shoots out of the water first rotate repeat 
Oh, okay. Beautiful. I like that. Now, are you f- you're also thinking about being synchronized and balanced at the same time on both sides? Yes. Um, we worked a lot on connection in swimming, both freestyle, uh, both freestyle and backstroke with John T, where we worked on, um, he explained it like a camel runs uh, right foot, right arm at the same time, left foot, left arm at the same time. And that really made sense to me in my head when I'm, my hands by my thigh, my thigh, my, my right hand finishing at my thigh, my right leg should be finishing the kick and just keep that connection. It keeps me really on balance through, through the water. Oh, wow. Now, did you work on any um, timing or tempo type things to, you know, get that connection? Um, I was just playing around with it. I hadn't used a tempo trainer until Coley came in for my uh, senior year. Um, with that sort of stuff but I w- it was mainly just playing around and really feeling through my th- throughout my body and feeling how it feels we do a lot of eyes closed stuff with john he loved doing that closing your eyes whilst you swim at 25 for a couple strokes and just kind of see how it feels and how it works um and then just trial and error it was all yeah. trial and error now talk to me about the dolphin kick itself how do you make improvements in your dolphin kick for me, it was, I had, luckily, I had Luke Kalazak there. He was um, so, uh, junior, senior when I was there for two years. Um, and he had incredible underwaters, probably, I would say, among the top 10 in the NCAA. And I have him there to kind of walk me through the underwaters. But with my underwater, I was just useless. There was no kicking happening. Um, so just kicking in and of itself was an improvement. And a lot of weight room work, squats rare foot elevated squats, just strengthening my legs was the main part. And then focusing my undulation outside uh, from my chest down, keeping everything else still. Now, when you're in a streamlined position, where's your head? Is your, is your head squeezed between your shoulders or is your head, um, your, your shoulders behind your head? My, uh, my head is in front of my shoulders. So I would, okay. a tighter streamlined position where my yeah. head's kind of popping out. Okay. Now, as you're doing your dolphin kick, are you trying to keep that, you know, from, from the chest up to the fingertips, are you trying to keep that locked in very still or is there movement in that upper body? There's, I try and keep it locked in, but I'm not trying to be rigid throughout the water because that can be detrimental. So sort of uh, like semi-flexible, but I still, I try and focus on keeping it very still just to reduce the drag. Now, was there somebody that you were studying? Like, uh, did you study Ryan Lochte during this period? I would watch videos of him. Um, Michael Phelps had some pretty amazing underwaters. Uh, I would look at those. Um, we had copious amounts of film um, from Luke Kalazak um, and just guys that swam at the university before. And we'd have Wednesdays where, he, where John would pull out the TV and he'd have the whole sprint group sit around and watch videos and he'd, draw, he'd have drawings on the screen and stuff like that. Um, mm. So just every Wednesday, we'd look through that um, and I'd go home and watch just on YouTube race video of uh, Lochte, of uh, Phelps, um, all the big swimmers that have amazing underwaters. Mm. Okay, so I've, I've got the... Uh chest to the fingertips now talk to me about kind of the rest of the body what's the movement and what are you thinking in the movement in the dolphin kick basically what are you thinking in your torso first of all so with my torso basically from my middle chest up i'm trying to still keep kind of still uh kind of flex like flexy stiff almost Mm -hmm. but everything from the bottom down i try and think of it as a double-sided whip so i'm trying to 
get that wave through my body and then whip my feet down, wave up, whip my feet up, just so I'm kicking both ways. Um, that was something I, I had to really work on was kicking both ways because I'm a very one-sided dominant kicker. So to focus on my backwards kick was very important to activate my hamstrings. Um, that Just that bottom whip, up, whip sort of action. Wow, interesting. Now, what are your feet doing? When you're, when you're coming down for the bottom whip and then you're coming up for the top whip, are you doing anything in particular with your feet? Um, we, we would do a lot of ankle flexibility exercises uh, during dry land with Jaunty in the beginning. Um, and to have those flexible ankles to further uh, emphasize that whip action, but I wasn't doing anything specific rather than just keeping my ankles relaxed so I can get that extra whip. So you're not thinking about kind of curling your toes down and then flicking your toes up or anything particular with your toes or anything like that? No, nothing okay. like that. Yeah. Okay, good. Now, how do you, how do you get somebody to stop kicking from their knees? How do you get that whip action itself? I think it has a lot to do with the, the positioning of your hips. Um, I really focus on rotating my hips backwards and forwards as I'm kicking. Mm. And also to focus that it comes out of like, from the top of my abs down that's where the work is supposed to come from your quads aren't supposed to get that tired in relation to your abs and your hips when you're doing the underwater kicking because if your quads are getting tired and your hamstrings are getting tired you're kicking from the knee mm. um, so to get that that hip backwards and forwards out of the abs um, that's something that i like to focus on Mm, I like that. Good advice there. Nice. Now, what are you, what about your knees and your ankles? Are they really, are they locked in together or is there some separation there? I like to keep them pretty tight together. Um, again, uh, just we, it was drilled into us to reduce drag. Um, so everything to reduce that little amount of drag because in sprinting, you don't have much, you have 0.1, 0.01 in some instances um, to either win the race or lose the race. So I, I like to keep them pretty tight together just to create a seal, just shoot through the water. Now, um, what are some of the things that you did to improve your speed of your kick uh, and maybe the power of your kick? Is there anything specific other than just the light buckets that you talked about? Was there anything else that you were doing? Uh, I think it had a lot to do with me just growing up. When I came in, I was a scrawny little kid from uh, – farming town in south africa so coming here we, we actually got into the weight room they got me on some weight gain shakes um and i bulked up i went from maybe I, w I was maybe like 160 165 coming in really skinny kid and i shot up to like 195 um and just having that mass behind it really improves the power and the explosiveness of my underwater kicking and my swimming did you do a lot of underwaters in terms of, um, you know, breath holding? Like, you know, were you, were you putting a lot of stress on those underwaters during practice? I, I would I like to say I'm better at it now, but I, was, I wasn't really a fan of holding my breath. Um, it really hurt. Uh, it just wasn't my favorite part of swimming. Um, so I try and maybe cheat a little, not quite go 15, um, to maybe get an extra breath or two in there, but I'm much better at it now sticking to my kick count, six, seven, eight kicks to get to 15, um, and focusing on holding my breath. 
Was there a specific set that you did in order to improve like that last wall? Like, was there a last turn set or anything like that that you guys had where it was like, okay, we're, we're going to emphasize coming off that last wall and kicking out to 15 meters. I think every single set we did, uh, both Jaunty and Coley remind me when I'm swimming is like, focus on this wall, focus on the last wall. And, uh, <laughs> It goes to show in my in at a, at this past SUCs that's where I lost 100 free was on that last wall because um, I think I came up at 12 and a half or something like that. Um, it's just 0.01. Um, but in every set they're emphasizing you got to focus on your underwater kicks. Got to hold your breath. You really got to shoot out of that 15 yard. Are you doing a lot of speed kicking or is there a slow kicking involved as well? Is it a mixture of the two? Coming off the wall in the race. Uh, just in terms of improving your underwaters, are you doing a lot of slow underwaters or is it all at speed? Uh, it's variable. Um, there are some days where we do long, big, slow kicks with the monofin on, and then we'll put on small fins and blast a 25 underwater kick. Um, we'll throw in some big fins for kind of in the middle, um, but big fins are usually also still the the fast 25s but when we put monofins on and that's about technique getting that feel that flow with it oh do you know what brand of monofin you guys are using i have no idea it's yellow i have no clue okay it might be a might be a finesse one i'm not sure yeah. I, I, I don't i haven't used them in in a few years so it's interesting to hear you talk about that because i do i do think that they're, they're good uh, i just haven't found one necessarily that might be um something that we could recommend but anyway um it's good to good to know now do you guys use parachutes as well on, we do know, parachutes yeah. and drag socks do you wear drag socks oh yes there's we use the drag socks it's it's some of the worst things um we used a lot for warm-up we'll do the the socks and mitts for um as part of our opening 400 um and then we use shoots on power days shoot socks fins we put the fins on and then put the socks over the fins Mm -hmm. um we'll do all that sort of stuff but it will be very short it'll be no longer than a 50 with that sort of stuff just kind of going full speed max effort yeah now do you identify as a backstroker now is that your thing like do you see yourself as that's that's my deal i don't know we'll see i mean um my my fly's always been there but with the focus shifting because with the freestyle relays and with the backstroke, I, I think I like to think of myself as a sprinter. I think I could do a fast 25 breaststroke somewhere in there. If we have to do a hundred IM or something like that. Oh, there you go. ISL man. ISL. hundred <laughs> IM. Um, all right. Let's talk about this performance then. Let's talk about this so-called um, performance where you shocked the world where, you know, you, it was a, it was a major upset apparently, but um you know, someone like you that puts the work in and, and believes in themselves, it probably wasn't an upset for you. Uh, talk to me about this performance a little bit. Yeah. So, I mean, I had a phenomenal year. That was a crazy, I don't know, half a year where we went um, into ACCs. I went 20.2250 back. Um, I was on fire going on to NCAAs where we won the national championship. Um, then we had World University Games where uh you won so the national championship of, in the in the 200 medley relay right yeah i yeah. went 20.4 in that 50 back so not quite as quick as my hdc one um but we still got, had a, just plenty of clean water that i think uh carried us through the race yeah and then we had wugs in italy um 
I got the, the World University Games record and I shared the gold there with Justin Ress, actually. Uh, 24.48, I believe it was. So we shared the gold there and I knew going into Worlds, 50 back was my only race. So I wasn't going to be tired going into it if I had the 100 back or uh, relays and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, um, it was an upset because the world record holder was in that race. I was, I had my eye on him. Um, but it, it was fun. Um, for, I, I was thinking 50 back was my race that year and it was all just too perfect not to win it. And you ended up winning the world title from lane seven, correct? Yeah. You know, 25 seconds, 30 seconds before the race goes off, you look, you're looking down lane seven. Do you honestly believe that you can win this thing? Yeah. I mean, I, I texted, so Coley was the Alabama coach at the time, and I texted Coley, and I was like, yeah, we're going to do this tonight. Probably going to win it. And he said, you should win it. You're the first guy in the field. It's like, okay. And then I, I spoke to Graham Hill. He's like, well, you know exactly what you got to do. I was like, yeah. Um, and that night, I think it was the, the 53 the night before, and Christian Golomir, uh we swam at Alabama together and we know I was like, let me see your medal because he got the silver in the 53. He tied with, uh, for second. And I, I asked him like, Hey, let me see your medal. I want to see, I want to see. He's like, no, get your own one first. I was like, okay, so that's how we're going to play this. <laughs> so I guess I went out, um, 25, 30 seconds. I was looking at down lane seven. I wasn't, I don't know what was going through my head. I was very in the zone. I knew what I had to do. I'd gone through my race before in my head. Um, and there was no reason why I shouldn't have won that race. Um, just knowing the speed that I had going through SECs, NCAAs, and WUGs. Um, yeah, it, it was a privilege. It was an honor. I, racing some of those guys was amazing. Talk me through some of the things you're thinking as you're swimming super fast backstroke. Uh, I was looking up at the camera. Uh, actually, because they had that camera that ran down the pool to get those mm. nice shots. So I was looking at that um, and I was trying to peek over to the side, but I didn't want to move my head because I would have lost the race if I did that. And uh, I had the, uh, the, the Russian next to me and he, I saw he was pretty close. I was like, oh goodness. So this is the, the Russian that doesn't have the world record. Um, and my coach back from, from back home, Simon, sent me a text. He's like, make sure you finish the race strong. That's where you'll win it. So I just focused on getting my hand onto the wall and kind of lunging into the wall um, and let the chips fall where they may. Now, when you lunge like that, are you lunging back and down or are you trying to lunge uh, straight back? I'm trying to lunge straight back uh, and initiating um, a, an upward fly kick just to keep myself. Because if I don't do that, I'm just going to go down and it's a further path to the wall. Whereas if I get that fly kick and propel myself towards the wall um it's quicker are you staying flat on your back at that stage or are you trying to get a little bit of rotation i usually try to stay flat on my back i don't want to get dq'd or anything like that um i made sure i had a body part out the water uh, it was very important <laughs> now what's your you know I, i've seen the reaction you had an, you had an amazing reaction to winning what was that feeling like to to know that you're world champion at that stage it was crazy. So a little story that not many people know, but it was me and there was this guy, Ivan Foster, on the team as well. He, he swam at Pitt. Um, he's from my hometown. And it, I think it was the Wednesday of that week and we were sitting at lunch and he was like, what's your celebration going to be? I was like, I, I don't know. I, I have to make the finals first. I have to make the semis and then I got to make the finals. He's like, well, let's just plan, you know, don't leave anything up to chance. 
and we were planning like the celebration. So that whole thing was scripted. I knew exactly what I was going to do just because of that lunch I had with my teammate who was there as well. So what was the script? What did you guys come up with? We wanted to take inspiration from someone. So we thought Cameron van der Berg was a perfect person to take inspiration. And he always does the double. He does this. Ah, he sits on the lane rope and does that. <laughs> and then we said just to add a little bit of extra flair, I was going to get up on the blocks and like point at the South Africans, shout and scream, go crazy, go berserk, whatever. Um, but the main thing was we call it the like Cameron van der Berg celebration where he brings his arms like that. And <laughs> So we just paid homage to the legend. I love it, man. I love it. Very nice. Does he know that that was a, that was, you know, a nod to him? I'm not sure. I think I said something on Instagram about, uh, not Instagram on, on a Twitter. I think I've tweeted at him. He like retweeted something. I was like, yeah, do you see the celebration? Um, but I don't know if, if I never actually texted him about it and told him to go have a look at that. Do you guys actually know each other? We were on 2017 Budapest Worlds team together. Okay. Um, I think that was the only team we were on. Um, I didn't get to go to Commonwealth Games and Gold Coast. So, yeah, I mean, we've met, but I don't know if we're on texting terms and stuff like that. Well, you're, you're world, both world champions now, so you're definitely on texting terms. So. <laughs> <laughs> now, listen, talk to me uh, about your your decision to to join the ISL and what team you ended up on and why you decided to choose them? Yeah. So, I mean, the ISL was. Oh, we're always with swimmers and um, we were always checking like, yeah, so who do you think is going to win the ISL and stuff like that. So it was just interesting to see the way swimming is moving towards more, a more professional side of things. Um, I mean, we're all professionals, but at the end of the day, we're all still training at our universities we attended. Um, whereas if you're looking at football players, NBA players, European soccer players, um, they all go from where they were and they go to a professional team. They have a facility there. They have weight room. They have nutrition in-house and all that. Um, so to see swimming kind of moving in that direction and you see it starting with energy stand a little bit where they have all their swimmers swimming in a centralized place which I think is going to be very important for, for swimming moving maybe in the next five, 10 years is having centralized training spaces. And we experienced this with the coronavirus because we know the, the universities want to be very careful. They don't want to get any of their student athletes sick, but to have a centralized place where maybe I don't like I'm with the LA current, um, stay wavy. <laughs> and um, we, it would be amazing for, I don't know, um, if they had a centralized facility, we go and we train in LA, we're with the team. Um, and I love, look, I'm a huge soccer fan, huge soccer fan. And to have that like European model where the players will go to the facility in the morning, they have, uh, either, uh, shoulder care, arm care, back care, leg care, just whatever they need. They have physios, they'll have a dining hall where they have meals planned out for them. Um, you go and you train at your pool and then you leave in the afternoon. It's like a professional job. Um, and to see swimming move in that direction is inspiring. It's something I want to be a part of. Um, and it's something I got, I got the opportunity to be a part of straight out of college because we have the NCAA regulations prohibiting all of that, that sort of stuff. Um, to be part of that is exciting. And I'm, I'm really excited to see 
the the rich alumni or all, all the the rich people buy up teams and start building facilities start building infrastructure similar to what Constantine has done with energy standard in Turkey um, mm-hmm. I think it's really exciting to see swimming start to move in that direction yeah man I agree with everything you just said you know I really hope it gets to that point where we can have set teams in set places especially now that I live in LA I'd love for you to come out and, and train out here it'd be awesome but uh, what's it going to be like to be on a team with Ryan Murphy who's uh, one of the greatest backstrokers in history that's amazing I can't wait um, I'm probably going to annoy him with the amount of questions I have about backstroke and about racing and about getting better and all that. Um, it was one of my huge goals for my final NCAAs was one of my biggest goals was to go 19 in the 50 back on the relay. Um, never got the chance to do that. Obviously with everything that happened, maybe I'll time trial of 50 back at a meet or something. Um, but I wanted to have that 19 second just to, go to Ryan and be like, yeah, look at the Shokos yards, look who, who had it. But um, he's the greatest. He's the world record holder in a hundred back uh, long course. And I'm just, I can't wait to pick his brain and find out what he does different to what I do. Yeah. He's a good man, good teammate. And I'm sure you're going to learn a lot from him. He's a, he's a very good person, tough competitor too. Uh, I love Ryan Murphy. Now, listen, um, I was lucky because the 50 freestyle is a legitimate Olympic event. Uh, how do you feel about the 50 backstroke not being legitimized yet in terms of Olympic glory? Yeah. I mean, um, it's my personal opinion that the fifties of stroke should be in there. Um, it opens up a whole new section of swimmers almost because you have drop dead sprinters that do fifties. Um, and it's, it's, we shouldn't pigeon that, pigeonhole that into the the freestylers only i mean it, it opens up a whole new event for adam pt um you have the backstrokers you'll have all the fly swimmers um and i think it would be uh, i wish it was there yeah. i I, re- I really wish it was there um it'd be fun it's a fast event people love the 50 free um i don't know why they wouldn't love the 50 breast 50 back or the 50 fly um, I think it could really make things a little bit more exciting. So you think people can specialize? Like, do you think there's a difference between swimming a 50 backstroke and a hundred backstroke or even training for it? I think so. There, there, there definitely is an element there, but um, with the hundred, you do have to have an aerobic base. Um, but with a 50, I feel like a, a, there is a minute amount of specialization in that. But it's not to say that a 50 swimmer comes from 100 and a 100 swimmer comes from the 50 sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it'd be cool to get there eventually. Um, what else is going on, man? So tell us about your training circumstances right now. You're, you're going away to the ISL in a few weeks, but what has been the last month been like for you in terms of training? Yeah, so um, Ryan Held's been in town. Bob's been in town. Uh, Bob, Robert Howard's been in town. Um, Margot Gear has been here. Um, and we've, we've tried, we've gone in at, uh, Ryan, Bob and I have gone out during laps sometimes at the university of Alabama recreation center, just our aquatic center. It's the same place. The team swims, um, we're not swimming with the team right now. We're unsure why, um, but we are going during laps sometimes and, and getting a workout in every day. Uh, Robert and I, we go to the uh, rec center, uh, weight room. Cause obviously that's a little bit more 
iffy with the whole coronavirus thing. So we just go to the university uh, rec center uh, weight room and we get a weight session in. Um, but we're just swimming in, uh, in our aquatic center uh, during laps sometimes. Um, Do they give cool. you the space and the time that you need even during laps run? Yeah, we just kind of show up. <laughs> and um, I mean, there, there's never many people there. As it's getting cooler as well, in the outdoor pool, there's there's enough space for us. They give you a, a two-hour block or as long as you want? Yeah, I mean, they haven't said anything yet. So <laughs> rather ask for, for, for forgiveness and permission. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, listen, it's kind of a little bit like that right now with everybody kind of piecing things together, but I'm glad you got back in the water. Um, how's your feeling on the Olympics? You think it's going to happen? I hope it happens. Um, we'll see with how everything progresses with the vaccines and stuff. Um, obviously the, the pharmaceutical companies have put up that statement that they won't release a vaccine that isn't ready. Um, so we'll just see, we're, we're taking it day by day over here. Um, our main focus right now is the ISL, get through those five weeks, get some good, uh, racing in, um, very excited to race against the big guys. Caleb Dressel is going to be there. So who, I mean, the skins will be different strokes. So we're really focusing in on the ISL and then we'll take it from there. And what about your Olympic focus? What's going to be your Olympic event or events that you try and qualify in? I'm definitely going to go try and qualify. I want to qualify, obviously, for the 100 back. I was just, I was 0.02 away from that qualification at, at World University Games. Um, so I'll definitely try and qualify for the 100 back. What's I want that to time? That's 53.8. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then I would love to make it in the 53, 100 free. Oh, good stuff, man. Good stuff. Now, what's the differences between, uh, let's say, Jonty and uh, Coley? Well, you know, are there any major differences that you've noticed in in the training and the preparation? I think so. Yeah, they're they're definitely two two different systems. They want to achieve the same thing. Um, with Jonty, he was very scientific, very technical. But Coley is as well. Um, Coley was going through how we were training our systems and um, how we're going to get back in shape the most efficient way but it is definitely two different types of training systems where Coley is more of a frenetic he's um lots of speed lots of power um we're still building that aerobic base with some with two threshold days a week um and with John T he's more technical focusing on the strokes he has those video session days on Wednesday um and I think it's perfect how I went from three years of John T into a year of Coley because now I understand my stroke. I understand why we're doing this stuff. And now I'm into almost like a power phase of swimming. Nice. I like it. I like it. Um, what about Coley's intensity? Do you, you enjoy the intensity that he brings onto the pool deck? I love it. I love it. I, I love the intensity. Um, he's very focused during swimming. Um, he, he holds you accountable. Make sure you're doing everything right. Um, we're getting our specific stroke counts down, our specific kick counts down. Um, he's very intense, but the moment training's finished, uh, he's a different person. He's, he's really fun to be around. Um, he's telling jokes, talking about movies, talking about music and stuff like that. But during training, I really enjoy the intensity he brings, um, with, you know, he make, he's making sure you're doing everything he wants you to do right, which I, I really appreciate that. Um, and it's just making me way better as a swimmer. Good stuff, man. Well, listen, it's great to see, 
you know, college coaches pouring back into you know, professional athletes because that's not necessarily what they're paid to do, but they're spending their time and energy putting back into you and, and making the sport better. That's, that's nice to hear. And, and Cole is a good man. He's, he knows what he's doing, man. You're in good hands there for sure. Yeah, no, we can see that with last year's performances. Well, listen, Zane, I appreciate you being on the show, mate, and uh, best of luck leading into the ISL and then into Olympic trials and Olympics. I'll be, I'll be cheering for you, okay, mate? Yes, sir. Thank you so much. All right, War Eagle. <sighs> Roll Tide. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> See you, buddy. Cheers.